Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined always by my man, Lucas Kaser, and you are tuned in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Candlestick Kids, leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast, and follow us on IG at Fantasy Football underscore TCK Pod, and on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, my man, Lucas Kaser, with us, of course, episode 229. Today, we're breaking down our wide receiver draft strategy. Yesterday, you heard Dweez, our man Dwayne, and Lucas break down the wide receivers that they uh, think you should avoid. So, a very important episode. Make sure you double back and check out Monday's episode if you have not already. And uh, we're going to get through a mock draft, of course, zero RB on Thursday. And uh, we want to get into this one right away here. we got a lot of names to cover. Uh, of course, there's a ton. We're going to have the, team mate, uh, the teammate comparison coming up tomorrow as well when we talk about some wide receiver stacks and other things like that. If you haven't heard our quarterback week episodes yet, dial back to that as well because that will give you a good idea of some quarterback wide receiver stacks that will be relevant to this week as well. But episode two of wide receiver week here on the TCK pod episode 229 overall. I'm in the new digs. Finally, it has been a whirlwind of a move, but I'm finally starting to settle in. So you can see my, my half-ass uh, studio so far. I'm going to get it a little bit better here over the next couple of weeks, but finally settling in. I'm excited to talk some football, but long intro, Lucas, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I'm ready to show the world why I might actually be going zero RB this year. Uh, I'm not going to give details on that, like, exactly, because obviously there's a lot of planning that goes behind that. But they're – I don't know. I, I've been, like, hinting at there seems to be an opportunity for it, and I think it's slowly kind of coming together. Uh, by the way, I might – by the way, I show the receiver breakdown in this episode. I love it, man. And I think that's really interesting because, of course, last week when we did the running backs – uh, the running back week, we went on multiple tangents about how important it is to draft early round running backs, which we still believe. And I think that that is a consensus in the fantasy football scape. However, when you don't draft running backs early and you come away with the type of receivers that you can because everybody else is drafting running backs heavy, it's insane. And now zero RB, we're going to get to a mock draft later this week on Thursday to, to just show you what it can look like again. We did one a few weeks ago. We're going to do one again here. Going zero RB is not something that you just do to do. Like if you have a third overall pick, uh, you can go Michael Thomas if you want and then go zero RB. But if you got a one or two pick, you're going CMC, you're going Saquon. If you got a number five pick, then you're probably going with Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, or Zeke, something like that. So it really depends on your draft. However, before we get into it, Lucas – when is a good time to go zero RB based on draft position? Um, so if you had, let's say, the third pick, the seventh pick, or the 11-12 turn, what would be most ideal for you to, to consider going with zero RB? Yeah, I think that the I think that the 11-12 turn is probably like the most ideal in terms of executing it well. Um, but I think relatively to where I guess what it leads into is the tight ends where you're getting the tight end in round two, which we'll do an episode probably on zero RB or whatever um, in terms of actual strategy to it. But I think the nine ten range seems realistic, but I'm okay with reaching on Kelsey in round two, three picks ahead of probably his ADP. So I'd just say really outside of the top five is the general um, benchmark you could say to maybe indicate zero RB over reaching on guys like, I mean, to me, Dalvin Cook is a reach at pick six, but to others, obviously not. But Kenyon Drake, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, those are all reaches at round six. So outside of the top five, I think it's definitely in play. Now, of course, 
going uh, zero RB or just not considering a running back at all does include the tight end. So basically, we'll get into zero RB again on Thursday, but what we're alluding to, if you're new to fantasy football or unfamiliar with the term, zero RB essentially means you do not pick a running back for the first, what would you say, Lucas, minimum three rounds, probably four, even five, maybe? Yeah, I think um, – I don't know. Sorry, I don't... Sorry, to, sorry to cut you off really quick. Or the kind of hybrid zero RB where you pick a running back in the first round and then you pick four or five non-running yeah. backs until later. I think really, to be honest, like the, when I say zero RB, it's more so like fade round two, three, four, five, six round running backs, I guess in general. Because if I get the fifth pick, like I'm going to go Derrick Henry probably eight, seven times out of ten, probably go Dalvin Cook the other three if I have the fifth pick for ten drafts. But it's not like I'm going to force myself to take Aaron Jones in round two, force myself to take Edwards Alaire. I'm going to take Kelsey. I'm going to take um, Julio maybe. I'm going to take – I don't even know, Godwin or something like that. So I guess it's more so like I'm not setting a benchmark as to where I'm like, I have to go receiver, have to go tight end, have to go quarterback. Then I can go running back. It's more so like I'm just choosing gaps to fade. Um, and because of the, due to the range of outcomes, is kind of the way I'm going to bring up these wide receivers as to why wide receivers may actually be safer than running backs and more important in your team. Wow. Got it. Awesome, man. Love it. Cool. Great breakdown. Nice intro to the episode here. Let's get into it, man. Episode 229, wide receiver draft strategy. If you've been tuning in the last couple of weeks, you know what we're doing here in the month of July. First week of July, we did the quarterback week. We broke down all the quarterbacks situations. Running backs for last week. This week is wide receivers. Next week is tight end. Starting in August, we have an awesome opportunity for TCK Pod. We're not going to drop it yet. We're still fine-tuning some situations. But Lucas and I have come up with a, uh, a great opportunity here for the podcast, the brand, both of us individually, and as a duo here, which we will share with you as we are able. Um, but we're going to be changing things a little bit on TCK Pod, all for the better. Uh, but in August, we're going to be switching things up just a little bit. But for now, we'll get into wide receiver week, day two. All right, man, let's get into it. So we're looking at the 2019 wide receiver finishes, which, of course, we've done in the other episodes as well. So if you've been listening, you know how this goes. We're going to blaze through the top 40, the top 40 wide receiver finishes from last year, okay? So this is 2019 overall wide receiver finishes from um, – Last season, and basically what we're going to do is we're going to just blast the names, and then I'm going to break down kind of where a chunk of these guys, notable names, got drafted last year according to their ADP. After that, we're going to break down the preseason 2019 ADP, average draft position, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, and we're going to take a look at how those guys ended up themselves as well. Some guys that got drafted way early that bombed your team. Guys that got drafted late that uh, helped out your team, obviously, with the value. After that, we're going to break down this year's current ADP, 2020 ADP average draft position as of middle July, and just talk about some of the receivers here and how we're feeling about guys. So there's a lot to cover here, man. Without any further ado, just like usual, let's break down um, the top 24 here out loud. Lucas, I'll do the first 12, then you do the next 12. We'll get to 24, and then we can blaze through the rest of 40 kind of quicker after that. So number one overall receiver last year, Michael Thomas, of course. Number two, Chris Godwin. Number three, Julio Jones. And I will preface, this is full PPR finish. Full PPR finish is what we've racked up here. Number one. Thomas, number two, Godwin, number three, Julio Jones, number four, Cooper Cup, even with kind of a slow, uh, a slow end of the season, he was fucking number wide receiver two for most of the season. New Hopkins, then, of course, with the uh, Texans, number five, Keenan Allen, number six, Julian Edelman, number seven. Is that a typo, Lucas? I can't tell. If, if no, it's just, it's, just a good, it's just a good fantasy football pick. That's all it is. Oh, okay, I see. Allen Robinson, number eight, with uh, the ghost of Mitch Trubisky. Number nine, Kenny Galladay. Number 10, Amari Cooper. 11, Devontae Parker, the number one wide receiver down the stretch. And number 12, Jarvis Landry. Lucas, please give me 13 through 24. Yep, 13, Tyler Lockett. 14, Robert Woods. 15, Mike Evans. 16, DJ Moore. 17, DJ Chark. 18, Tyler Boyd. 19, Cortland Sutton. 20, John Brown. 21, AJ Brown. 22, Michael Gallup. 23, Devontae Adams, 
24, Stephon Diggs, and dang it, Odell Beckham Jr. left out of the top 24. Yeah, but again, I think that's another typo. He, he, I think he was like number nine or something, if I remember correctly, but maybe I'm thinking yeah, of a probably. different season. Yeah, um, like five years ago, probably. <laughs> All right. Well, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't got a draft guide yet, you, you're, un, you're out of the loop on our inside uh, joke or jab. But if you uh, subscribe down below in the link to get the draft guide, you will have the opportunity to let us know who you are drafting at current ADP. Odo Beckham Jr. or Julian Edelman, please make your vote. It does count. We're going to tally those votes at the end of the preseason. And uh, Lucas and I, which we will tell you whose side we're on, if you're unfamiliar already, uh, we'll have a little wager going there. So make sure to uh, vote for Odell. All right. So we have the top 24 wide receivers from 2019. Of course, we're rolling out to 40. Now, when I take a look at this, a couple things stand out. First of all, three of the, f- three of the four first-round wide receivers finished top five okay so the first round wide receivers from ADP in 2019 were Devontae Adams DeAndre Hopkins Julio Jones and Michael Thomas in general ADP three of the four guys there finished in the top five that was Michael Thomas at number one Julio Jones number three Nuke Hopkins at number five Devontae Adams was the one that did not finish in the top five he was down at number 23 of course he missed five games. He was actually wide receiver two in points per game. He's a beast. I think he's going to be even better this year. So that's like the first point of contention here. So this particular season, and we saw with Antonio Brown for years before he jumped off the map, that these top guys, when they get drafted at the wide receiver position, those are the target hogs. They generally finish where you expect them to. So that's a great number one. After that, 13 of the top 27 wide receivers were drafted after the third round. Most notably, Allen Robinson was drafted in the seventh round last year. Landry and DJ Moore were drafted in the sixth. Ridley and Boyd were drafted in the fifth. All of those guys were in the top 27. Of course, some higher than others, most notably. Godwin, drafted in the fourth round, finished number two. Cup, drafted in the fourth round, finished number four overall. Kenny Galladay, drafted in the fourth round, finished nine overall. Um, Lockett and Woods, drafted in the fourth round, finished 13 and 14. Very, very impressive numbers there from all of those guys. So we're talking about wide receiver ones who were drafted in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round even, Lucas. This goes back to our point from the top of the episode of going zero RB. Potentially, again, we're not necessarily encouraging it per se, but after diving into these numbers deeper, we're having – mock drafts at least where we're considering that move and it's starting to look a little bit better than we assumed it would preseason or maybe a month ago. Um, Lucas, looking specifically at last year's finishes and the numbers out here, when they were drafted, how they finished, what jumps off the page of you really quick? There's a few numbers here too, and I'll throw out a couple more guys really quick that did not um, get drafted in the top seven rounds. Okay, Devontae Parker was after the seventh round, finished number 11 overall. DJ Chark, Finished number 17, drafted after the seventh round. Sutton, John Brown, A.J. Brown, Michael Gallup, and Jamison Crowder, all top 30 wide receivers, as well as Marvin Jones, Terry McLaurin, and E-Money Sanders. All of those guys were drafted after the seventh round, finished top 30. So there's a ton of value here with middle round to late round wide receivers, which maybe hints to the get running backs early while you can because you don't have this value, if you heard last week, for the running backs. But with the wide receivers, you can. However, stud wide receivers are stud wide receivers. So I'll turn it over to you. What jumps off the page here with the 2019 fantasy finishes before we get into the ADP breakdown? Yeah, so like this is really why zero RB is a thing. Like the, the way this always shakes out. Um, I get so okay. So the way to explain this is you see guys like Jarvis Landry, Edelman, guys that that you wouldn't even if you made wide receiver rankings of like most talented best with the ball in their hand those guys wouldn't crack the top 30 like they just wouldn't it's just plain and simple but year in and year out they still produce Tyler Boyd he's a good receiver but he's not a good alpha it doesn't matter stuff like that there's scenarios to where you can't project it happening but it happens every year like Edelman like I can't bring you no one would have projected Edelman to have 100 catches or whatever he had like it's not not possible right like the number numbers wouldn't add up and make sense but it just happens like that the way this brings in sort of the value of receivers is it shows that guys that get overdrafted that don't match the volume, 
instant fade. The range of outcomes, just like I said, because if they're hitting, yes, they're hitting your ceiling. And like we said last week, you don't want to draft players at their ceiling. We're probably going to see that again in terms of overall ADP with Michael Thomas, not positional ADP, because he's probably the wide receiver one relatively. I think there's a big tier of three anyways, but I think his overall ADP will be his ceiling, just like it was last year. You don't want to draft him at a ceiling, which is probably what the Sometimes the fourth pick, but I think anywhere from four to six is probably a bad pick for Michael he Thomas. Was going, he was going three at the beginning of the summer. Yeah, and, like, are you projecting him to have more value on your team than Zeke week in and no. week out? Like, he took him, it took him 180 targets to do what he did. Like, if you gave Julio 180 targets for catches or I don't, whatever it was, I don't even know what the number was, like, watch out. Julio would break every single record ever. 185 targets for Michael Thomas. Yeah, like that's that's crazy. I mean, he's still a good receiver. I'm not saying he's bad, but like the volume there is insane. So really, like I guess where what I'm trying to get to here is we see this. We'll just read off the top five guys. Oh, actually, I'll go top ten. Okay, Thomas, Godwin, Jones, Cup, Hopkins, Allen, Edelman, Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Mark Cooper. For sure, Cooper, Cup, Edelman, Keenan Allen. Allen Robinson sometimes, Amari Cooper sometimes, all play the slot, and Chris Godwin. They're really just volume hogs or they're alphas on past heavy teams. There's a trend that if we went down, broke down, I don't know, the last 15 years probably the fantasy finishes, and that's probably even digging back to run the ball era of the NFL. It'll be possession guys, slot receivers, and maybe outside receivers on past heavy teams. Michael Thomas is basically a slot receiver because the routes he runs on the outside are the routes that slot receivers runs. So really what I'm trying to say is eliminate drafting at the ceiling, utilize the trends of what always happens every year. People just neglect that it happens because they don't think that the, like I said, the upside of Edelman is there, but the finish is high. That that's upside, like it, stuff like that. So this is where I bring this into running backs, how you can, combine the draft strategy with those um this is kind of turning into a zero rb sort of episode anyways but it's okay we'll just roll with it when a running back gets hurt you can project the backup to you can project the backup to have similar volume right but say i don't know throwing out names michael thomas gets hurt i'm not going to project emmanuel sanders for 19 fantasy points every single week right that is why you want to target these guys in rounds two through five, three through five, because they're so safe in the fact that their range of outcomes is very small. That's when it provides you fantasy value. There's a, there's a cool app on Rotoviz if you, anyone has that called the range of outcomes app. Obviously, like it's a select group of people's projections. So like insert your own projections, kind of do, uh, takes percentile projections. So what you project is 100% percentile take a 75th percentile, take a 90th percentile. That's your range of outcomes. Uh, there, I mean, I can just read off a couple. So Michael Thomas's low is 13.9 per game, high 19.4, the median is 17.2. I go on and on reading these. But basically, find that gap. And the, probably the guys with the biggest gap, I'm not saying uh, fade entirely, but don't have the highest ownership of those guys. Because in the end, like I said, you're drafting at the ceiling, you're – return on investment you could say or just your winning percentage is going to go down in general so really this whole episode boils down to those rounds two through five are very crucial to to knocking in key starters instead of taking shots on running backs so you're looking at in the rounds two through five with the wide receiver picks you're looking at volume heavy ppr 100 catch guys or touchdown upside, maybe a Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, or are you looking at upside guys? Say Tyreek Hill falls there. He's automatic, but like uh, a Juju could bounce back with Big Ben and have a huge season. You know, uh, if Allen Robinson pans out with uh, Nick Foles, that could be a huge uh, get there. I mean, there's, you know, there's plenty of guys here going here. Amari Cooper, if you believe in him, DJ Moore, whatever. Are those the type of guys, like which style receiver are you preferring? Because unfortunately (laughs) – not everybody can be Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, New Hopkins, where they're the alpha on the receiver, they're a target hog, they're touchdown machines outside of Julio Jones, which we're not going to fucking talk about. They're yardage guys, they're big playability. They have the total package. A lot of other guys, Chris Godwin has a specialty. Kenny Galladay has a specialty. Mike Evans has a specialty. Thielen, Robinson, Juju, all these guys have specialties versus the all package. So 
you try to like maybe balance your team, say you get uh, any running back in the first round, all right, and then the next four rounds you get receivers, let's just say that. Are you trying to get four different style wide receivers or do you want to have like all touchdown guys, all PPR reception guys? Like what's your general yeah. perception as far as like draft strategy? Again, we're talking about like what, not necessarily names per se right now because that fluctuates with your, your draft and shit, but the style of player, do you have a style you're targeting so you're reaching on ADP and stuff, or do you want to like balance it out and, and get a, a smattering of each individual skill set? I think to an extent, yes, but I think what it really comes down to is don't get too fancy with it. Um, because in reality, you're taking your running back in round one. Let's just say that. So you have one starter in typical leagues, it's one quarterback, two running backs, two slash three receivers, we'll say two and a half receivers a tight end, a flex, kicker defense. So you got your running back, check. That's your starter. He's in every week except for a bye week. Now you have to fill, if you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, or tight end, wide receiver, whatever, four picks, three picks of, what we'll is say, pass catchers. Call them whatever you want. Um, I would say all the way down to Mark Andrews is probably reasonable for that range. You want – I get the whole concept of maybe taking Tyreek or Mike Evans thinking that – the upside is there, but then it goes back to me thinking, like, why don't I just take a stack of, let's say, Julio, Adam Thielen, Calvin Ridley. Let's just say that's my stack. I feel like that's a lot more valuable than having a Julio, Tyreek, Calvin Ridley, let's say, or Thielen or Woods, or it doesn't, it doesn't really matter who it is. Because, I mean, I know people know that I'm about that you have to get to the playoffs to make the playoffs, and everyone says that. But if Tyreek hits, I'm winning my week. But you shouldn't be – I mean, I, it always goes back to that ceiling thing. Like, you don't want to draft to if a player hits, he wins my week, right? You want to take these guys that are locked in your lineup that you don't even have to worry about moving off your lineup ever. Like, you, they stay in unless they're on their bye weeks because that's what increases your win percentage when you're really only moving around maybe a flex or an RB2 or a QB streamer if you're if your only waiver is a qb streamer and a defense streamer like you're doing just fine you have nothing to worry about so i would say a mixture um but i think i usually lean toward the guys that like okay who's getting me the most fantasy points in their median projection every single week because in reality that's probably i don't know it's just our numbers tyreek's on my team he probably increases my win percentage probability to 70 percent every week Whereas maybe the, the three I mentioned increase it to 65% every week, but there's a big if on the Tyreek one, I would rather take the 65 and take my chances and risking the 70 with the chance of that turning into 45% win percentage. Totally. And I'm not going to get into it too deep because we're going to do that tomorrow as far as friendship strategy, if you will, but multiple receivers from the same team, quarterback, wide receiver stacks. We're going to go into that tomorrow. But you mentioned just any one of your examples. I know they were just examples, but let's just take Julio and Calvin Ridley as one example. There's many. Godwin's, Evan, yada, yada. Let's take one example here. Calvin Ridley going as the 16th wide receiver off the board in the early fourth round. Julio Jones, of course, you know, pretty much a top 15 pick going in the second round here. Would you consider if going zero RB or whatever, would you consider taking – two top guys like that with the picks. Now, the reason I bring it up, and again, it's kind of a dangerous question because I don't want you and I to get too tangent on this, but I'm curious because you just brought it up. There's a difference, and I want to be clear about this. There's a difference between drafting Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, who could legitimately both finish as wide receiver ones. So who gives a shit if they're on the same team? If they're going to give you top 12 performances, that's who you want on your team. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans could do the exact same thing. There's a difference, though, in drafting those guys who you're going to have to pay a first, second, third, or fourth round pick for both of them. So that's two of your top four picks on two teammates. And then there's a difference between like that and like Kenny Galladay in the third round and Marvin Jones in like the ninth or the tenth, right? Um, so just curious, like you brought it up, so I want to get your thoughts on that before we really break it down tomorrow. Would you be open to a list? Cup and Woods is another example. Like, would you be open to two of those guys as two of your first four picks on a team? Because, of course, they could hit, but ah, man, it's 
it's risky. Quarterback goes down, one of the guys get hurt, like whatever. You're putting all those all those eggs in those baskets. Now, of course, traditionally, it could happen, uh, and it could happen really well for you. But um, seems a little risky to me. I, I I don't know if I pull the trigger on on two of the guys on the same team in the top four picks. I think the easiest way to answer that question, because obviously there's a ton of external reasons, and you just listed off a ton of them, and I could probably list off 20 more if we really needed to, is do you question yourself starting both the guys the same week? By that, I mean, uh, let's just say, I don't know, the Marvin Jones, Kenny Galdez, I think that's a big one to where you could say theoretically stack, but in a way you can't because they're two similar receivers, right? None of them play this slot. That's why Danny Amendola was startable some weeks last week, right? You wouldn't think he would be, but he was with guys like David Blau and them playing quarterback because they're similar receivers. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, two completely different receivers. That's why it works. That's why Thielen and Diggs worked. That's why Cooper Cup and Robert Woods worked. That's why Godwin and Evans worked to an extent because Evans is just Evans in fantasy anyway. So I think really the, the right answer is, is in a neutral situation, let's say 16th ranked matchup, average quarterback play, like Joe Flacco's throwing you the ball, the team's okay, you're going to have a neutral place of play. Will both guys get their projected targets or their average targets, you could say, or a reasonable amount of targets on the return of ADP? I think that's the best way to think about it. Um, like, will you complain if – like, will you complain? Obviously, would be mad if you don't get a lot of targets. But, like, are you reasonably like, chalking in this player for, say, six targets a week and the other seven? Like, is that guaranteed? So, a guy like the Falcons, yes, that's guaranteed. The team is not good or the defense is not good. The team throws the ball regardless. Now they have their quarterback back healthy. They have an O-line throwing the ball. Bucks throw the ball. Lions, eh. I don't really want to say throw the ball. They do, but they don't. So that's one I kind of fade. Uh, the Vikings aren't really a thing anymore. The Bills, I think, are a good one because people are trying to say that Diggs and Brown are both good picks, but they're literally the same exact receiver for an inaccurate quarterback. So that's one where, I mean, I'm fading everyone relatively, but – where you don't want to take both. So I think the best answer is, I would just say, set a neutral field, would you start both a week no matter what? And I think that's probably the best way to answer that question. Great. Awesome. A little preview of, uh, of an episode tomorrow. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit deeper uh, tomorrow, but I was just curious on how you thought about that. All right, man, let's change gears a little bit. Let's get into 2019 ADP. So this is preseason last year ADP, which obviously resulted in the finishes we just uh, – spend some time going through. I'm not going to run through the entire ADP, but we will do the top 24 again to give you reference of where these guys were sitting. Have a couple of notes and we'll break down last year's ADP preseason. Lucas, I will do the top 12. You do 13 through 24, please. Last year's ADP coming into 2019, first wide receiver off the board, Devontae Adams. Second receiver off the board, New Hopkins, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, all four of those guys going in the first round. Juju, Tyreek, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Adam Thielen all going in the second round last year. Keenan Allen and Diggs wrap up the top 12 off the board last year. Lucas, please give us 13 through 24. Yep, 13, Amari Cooper, 14, Edelman, 15, Brandon Cooks, 16, Chris Godwin, 17, Robert Woods, 18, Tyler Lockett, 19, Cooper Cup, 20, Kenny G., 21, T.Y., 22, Tyler Boyd, 23, Josh Gordon, and 24, Calvin Ridley. Josh Gordon was going at 20 – was he on the Patriots to start of the year last year? Yes, sir. Oh, gosh. I guess I didn't even – whatever. All right. <laughs> I don't even realize. That's crazy when you actually look back at this and see some of these well, names that are on that's, there. That's why we look back on it because here's what I'm going to break down. I'm going to just going to – I'm going to – we've already talked about the top four, right? Uh, Tay Adams, Nuke. Julio and Thomas, right? Again, three of the top four finished in the top five overall. And Tay Adams was hurt and he was number two in points per game. So say he plays, he's healthy. Um, he would have been top five uh, as well. So all four of them would have finished. But I'm going to break down the outliers here. So I'm just going to do a quick list um, through the, the, the top 40 wide receivers for last year's ADP. Just going to give you about 10, 15 names here of wide receivers, where they were being drafted. And just think in your head how the season went for this particular guy. 
and where they may have finished, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. But I'm going to give you the names, where they were being drafted last year at ADP last season. Think about where they finished. This is going to lead into this year's ADP, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. All right, so last year, this is where these players were getting drafted. Juju Schuster, fifth wide receiver overall. Antonio Brown, wide receiver nine. Played one game against Miami. That was it. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 15. Josh Gordon, wide receiver 23. Dee Westbrook, wide receiver 26. A.J. Green, wide receiver 27. Didn't even play. Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver 30. Robbie Anderson, wide receiver 31. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 35. Sammy Watkins, wide receiver 38, which was a steal in week one. Never heard from him again until the playoffs. Geronimo Allison. Let's remember Geronimo Allison, who, by the way, is now in Detroit, who is like a super-duper deep possible option, maybe, uh, if he even makes the team. Wide receiver 39, his teammate at the time, fellow Packer, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, wide receiver 40. So I just gave you a list of names. All those guys are head-scratchers. Like, are you serious? D.D. Westbrook was number 26. Like, Brandon Cooks makes sense because he had multiple 1,000-yard seasons. He got injured. Happens. Antonio Brown, nobody could have guessed what the fuck happened with him, obviously, and he's a fantasy legend forever, uh, regardless of what the rest of his career looks like. Juju was supposed to be Antonio Brown, so he was going top five. I was all about that last year. Josh Gordon, uh, A.J. Green, barely even played. Alshon Jeffrey hurt again. Robbie Anderson couldn't do much with uh, Sam Darnold out until the end of the season. Curtis Samuel. Probably the most hyped wide receiver outside of Odell Beckham last year. Didn't do much either. Sammy Watkins, again, after week one, didn't do shit. John Allison, Marcus Valdez-Scanley, couldn't stay healthy, couldn't become that number two. Now they've both been passed up by Alan Lazard. They're bringing Funchess now for Green Bay. It was a mess. I bring up all these names because it's important for us to understand and look back. That's why we do these episodes. We look back on last year. The, the numbers are old news. We get it. But the knowledge looking forward is very important for how we look at this particular season. Because unfortunately, I don't know who the guys are going to be. If I could estimate this shit, we would already be famous and rich. And you wouldn't have to listen to any other podcasts because we'd have all the answers. We have some of the answers, but unfortunately not all of them yet. But I guarantee you, unfortunately, out of this year's top 40 wide receivers getting drafted at current ADP, 10 of them. 15 of them, hopefully not more than that, are going to finish wide receiver threes at best. Injury, player problem, problems, losing their position, not uh, living up to the hype, quarterback getting injured, team fucking being horrible, game script not working in their favor, whatever it is, it's going to happen. It happens every single year. So it's important to take a look back at this and just get an idea of where some of these names were getting drafted last year and where they finished. So again, Juju, A.B., Cooks, Gordon, Westbrook, A.J. Green, Jeffrey, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Watkins, Geronimo Allison, and MBS all were getting drafted in the top 40. Most of those guys did not even make the top 40. Three of them didn't even play for the most part in the season. So it's important to take a look. Now, Lucas, let's dive into this year's 2020 ADP. Before we do that, of course, I'm going to take a very quick commercial break and let everybody know that the TCK Draft Guide is officially available. Dropped last week. It is ready to go. We've gotten some great feedback from folks. We've got a handful of folks who have dug, uh, dived through there, told us about a couple different uh, you know, um, things that they're loving about the uh, draft guide. We've got all sorts of things. I'll let Lucas kind of dive into what is available for you there. If you haven't yet got one, it's just five bucks for the draft guide for preseason, five bucks for the in-season uh, guide as well, where we take you through all the way through your fantasy playoffs and championship, and also 15 bucks for both of those packages plus one-on-one opportunity with myself, Lucas, our team as a whole, Dwayne, and other people who are joining the team throughout the season. Um, We'll be bringing in guests from other podcasts and friends and stuff in the space that'll be bringing their insight as well. So you'll have like individual connection to us if you're able to get that all-in package at just 15 bucks. So if you're interested, pause the video really quick, pause the podcast, go check out the link in the description. It literally takes one minute. Give us your email address. Give us your name. Go for Odell Beckham, and then we'll give you uh, access to the draft guide, um, and we will uh, just get your PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, whatever uh, you prefer there. So 
just had to pay some quick uh, quick love to the uh, draft guide. Lucas, before we get into the ADP, can you give us a, a quick version of what folks can find in the draft guide if they haven't yet already? Yep, so in there as of now, uh, I guess when you're recording, we have team previews, a couple of their articles, a resources tab, and that'll be – the resources will be like a running um, – I guess the, the guide itself is a running sort of site, running sort of blog posts, whatever else we have on there. Um, as to, we'll always be updating it through the summer. My projections are getting there. Uh, it takes a lot longer than I anticipated, but I have a couple other things I'm gonna be putting on there in terms of uh, data work. You could say we have some other things like rookie hit rates, a full database of 2019 stats. Um, I'm trying to think anything else as of now in the data column. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, we'll have some betting stuff in there, some player prop stuff, all that type of stuff will be in there uh, for 15 bucks too. And you get to talk to us once a week um, if you get the $15 package in season. We can talk about football or, I mean, any of the sports going on now, basketball, baseball, golf, they're all, it's going to be championship weekend for everybody, all sports one weekend. So we're here to talk about anything um, and you get part of our exclusive discord, which we, we've had some zero RB talk already. So I, I like the like the moves there for sure. Absolutely. Totally agree. And appreciate everybody participating in the Discord already. It's been quite active. So shouts out to our Discord family. All right, man, quick commercial break. Let's get back to your regularly uh, scheduled programming here. Let's go, you know, let's go right into the 2020 current ADP. Again, this is the middle of July. Things are going to shake up a little bit more in the next month of the preseason. But this gives us an idea of where guys are getting drafted right now. Lucas, let's go again through uh, the top 24 specifically, and then we'll kind of, you know, give some thoughts on that. Um, and then we'll get into uh, the bottom 40 as well. And really what I want to do is, you know, let's just blaze through each name quickly and just give me kind of a thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, a temperature on how you're feeling about these guys really quick. Of course, you can find our rankings in the draft guide so you can you know, eliminate this conversation if you would like to. But uh, let's just spend maybe a sentence or two on each guy. How you're feeling? Do you agree, disagree with their ADP? Is that a value, a steal, overvalued, whatever it is? Is it an automatic pass for you? Is it a reach to make sure you get that guy? All those conversations, let's get in this 2020 ADP through the top 40. Let's list off the top 24 for now, though. I will do 1 through 12. You do 13 through 24. Here we go. Currently getting drafted. Wide receiver, number one, Michael Thomas, no surprise there. Number two, Devontae Adams. Number three, Tyree Kill, Julio Jones, New Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Amari Cooper in the top 12. Lucas, please give us 13 through 24, current ADP. Yep, 13, somehow OBJ, 14, DJ Moore, 15, Cooper Cup, 16, Calvin Ridley, 17, AJ Brown, 18, Robert Woods, 19, DK Metcalf, 20, T.Y. Hilton, 21, D.J. Chark, 22, Keenan Allen, 23, Tyler Lockett, and 24, Terry McLaurin. Oh, and your boy, your boy, Cortland Sutton on the outside looking in at number 25 there. Perfect. All right, let's dive, let's dive through this here, man. The first bunch are easy peasy. I'm going to lay out maybe chunks of four. How about that? And you can just give me a quick, quick sum sum on these guys. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones. Any disagreements here with the top four? Um, I mean, in terms of, like, the ranking, uh, I have Julio above Tyreek, but that's I, – I guess in terms of the ranking, it's fine. But I'm just kind of fading Michael Thomas and Tyreek. Michael Thomas's ADP is just too high. And I just – like I said, I'd rather more often than not take the – fade the receiver that I – I shouldn't have to worry about my second-round pick every single week, I guess, is, is the vibe around that. So I'll uh, sort of pass on him. I – I've had a lot of Devontae Adams, Julio stacks that, I mean, that's just scary as it is to start the season already. How about that for a, uh, you know, maybe a, maybe a, a pick 10, 11, 12 on the turn. You're going zero RB, you end up with Tay Adams and Julio Jones. I would take that every single time. So I'm, I'm liking that a lot. I'm with you, man. Rankings are a little bit different for me, but I'll save my rankings for another conversation. Send people to our uh, website, tckpod.com. You get the draft guide and get our rankings. I won't spend too much time on rankings specifically, but as far as the ADP goes, I agree. Michael Thomas, a little too rich for my blood. Love Tay Adams, though. Tyreek and Julio as well. I do have Julio at number three. All right, next four. Nuke Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, uh, anybody in here that you're fading in general at ADP? Yeah, I mean, Nuke Hopkins is a big one. Um, and if you listen, uh, you already listened to the video that me and Dwayne put out. I kind of highlighted um, really all, 
it was an article on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Um, if I remember, I'll put it down below. If not, just go to the website. Uh, it's a dynasty. Uh, Rich Rebar is uh, fantasy guru, you could say. Fantastic. Fantastic follow. Yeah. And so this summer he did like a dynasty buy trade sell with a bunch of players, obviously. And the one was with Odell, and it highlighted the, the switching teams, basically the reason that I was off him last year. And he highlighted it for year two, right? So that's besides the point, like in terms of nuke. But we can use that same data for year one of players switching teams. Uh, basically, there was 15 players in the sample of wide receiver switching teams in the top 24 ADP at the respective position. Um, numbers weren't great, obviously, in terms of a baseline. I think it was like a negative 26% point per game drop in terms of all 15 players. But I broke it down in that video in terms of wide receivers um, with a 30% target share. There was like seven of them. It was like a 10% point per game drop. Wide receivers um, inside the top five ADP at their position because Nuke obviously is, but 11% point per game drop. I think there was one more. I don't remember at the top of my head. Um, so basically, I we explained in that video as to why the numbers say to fade and why the situation of the team really says to fade. Um, I'm not going to break it down too much. Basically, the team is still not that great. They're still um, – it's, it's the reason why the Bengals sort of fantasy evaluations around them don't make any sense, right? They, I mean, I'll just kind of say it, I guess. Everyone thinks Joe Burrow's prime for a big year. Then why is A.J. Green's ADP not higher? The Bengals won't be good with Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate as their wide receivers. So we got to put two and two together here. Hopkins cannot finish as wide receiver five if we think the Cardinals are going to be that good. Meaning, if they're going to be that good, they're running air raid with four to five receivers on the field. Not to mention, they're already a running team as it is. So we kind of need to put two and two together here. So really, I'm just fading Nuke. If Nuke was like back in this round two, maybe round three, then then maybe one or two leagues. But I, you, I just can't project him more targets than Chris Godwin. Probably even Kenny Galladay, Thielen, A-Rob. Projecting Juju, but realistically, I think they're about even. So really, it's just the ADP is way too high. Um, and I don't even remember how far you went down. Kenny G and Evans are similar receivers. And Godwin, I think, is a smash yeah. – really at his ADP round two or three. Yeah, that was it. And I, I agree. I do like new Hopkins. I, I do believe in Kyler and the Cardinals in general. I do think he'll be fine. I actually took new Hopkins uh, in a recent best ball draft, which uh, I'll, I'll be breaking down soon, but that's best ball, right? So I'm looking at his best opportunities. I think are great. And where I got him was just an ADP thing. And I thought it was value. So I picked him up. I don't have him in any other league though, uh, because I do think that once they click, It'll be fucking fireworks, but I agree with you, especially this season with COVID and all that. I think it'll take four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks maybe for them to really click. And by that time, it's going to be hard to catch up uh, in overall productions, as incredible as uh, New Hopkins is. So I agree with you there. All right, Lucas, I'm going to blaze through a handful more here. we got a bunch of names, so let's do this. Quickly, I'm going to give you, you know, six, seven, eight names at a time. Just pick out one or two here that you might be fading or that you're super high on, and uh, we'll just get through this here. All right, so let's start at number nine, Adam Thielen. Ten, Allen Robinson. Eleven, Juju. Number 12, Amari Cooper. Thirteen, Odo Beckham. Fourteen, DJ Moore. Fifteen, Cooper Cup. And we'll stop at 16, Calvin Ridley. So we'll do nine through 16. Give me one or two guys that you're excited about and one or two guys that you're fading in that particular area, if it is applicable. I mean, I'm pumped for everyone in this range except for Amari Cooper and Odell, I think is the way to put it. I think, I think this is why you target receivers in round three, round four, because that's, it's respective wide receiver ones in terms of points per game or close to points per game at three, four turn um, minus Cooper and Odell for obvious other reasons. But I think Thielen smash, Robinson smash, Juju smash, DJ Moore smash and Cooper Cup and really I think you're both gonna have fantastic years. So that's that's the I think the, the heat map you could say in drafts of wide receivers. That is the zone. I totally agree with you. I think that even if you go running back, running back, any of these guys would be fair. If you had two stud running backs, any of these guys would be fair to be a, a wide receiver one. If you're going zero RB, they might be a wide receiver two or three, which is yeah. Stupid, right? So I, I agree with you. Okay, let's pick up here at number 17, A.J. Brown. 18, your boy, Robbie Woods. 19, D.K. Metcalf. 20, T.Y. Hilton. 21, D.J. Chark. Number 22, Keenan Allen. Let's finish up the fifth round here. Tyler Lockett at 23, Terry McLaurin, 24, Cortland Sutton, 25. So let's go from 17 to 25. 
Yeah, I mean, I Robert Woods, for some reason, he's at 18, even though he proves people wrong every year. And I think the other Lockett's in there, but I think I, – I don't know if I could raise him too much. But Keenan Allen, to me, is like 22, like round five. The man, besides, I think, two years ago when he got hurt, I'm pretty sure finishes a top eight fantasy wide receiver in full-point PPR. And it only rises – I'm sorry. He's a good full-point PPR, half PPR. He does take a dip. But the man plays in the slot. This is exactly what I was saying. He is the veteran receiver, the veteran number one on a team with Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, guys that have experience but not to the extent he does. Rivers was pretty good under the pocket, under pressure in the pocket. I was trying to find a reason to, like, really show why Keenan Allen, like, won't matter the quarterback play. But Rivers did play pretty good. But still, slot receiver for a quarterback that, according to people, is going to check down because he's a mobile quarterback, because they're too lazy to make an actual argument. Their argument would only help the case for a slot receiver. So that being said, his ADP, he will finish above wide receiver 22 in points per game, in total finish. He will probably finish in the top 10 like he does every single year, and he's just a beast as it is. Excellent. Anybody else in that range that you are targeting or fading? Uh, I'd say fading T.Y., I think just the injury concerns. Um, Sutton's tough for me because, like, I, I see it, but, like, I don't see it with all the guys there, if that makes sense. Um, he, yep. he, was a, he was okay last year with Locke. That shouldn't matter too much. But he really wasn't that great of a fantasy start, like, as it was. He was getting you, like, 10 with the, the occasional touchdown. Um, it just wasn't a safe play for me. So, I think uh, – I don't want to say fade, but I don't think I'm like all over him. Got it. I do like DK Metcalf. Of course, I've been pretty vocal about that. I'm definitely rising on DJ Chark. Um, Lucas, I know you've been excited about him as well. You and I have Lockett and, and DK Metcalf kind of switched. Terry McLaurin, man, I really want to believe in his talent, but you know, uh, other Jameis just scares the shit out of me. I just can't trust him every week. Uh, also, that maybe they'll shut this franchise uh, down once all these allegations come up, but we're not going to talk about that until it's a thing. Um, but, you know, again, Cortland Sutton, incredible talent. Uh, we saw what he could do last year. He was not as good with An- uh, Andrew Luck, with uh, Drew Luck, um, as he was with Joe Flacco, which is interesting when you look at it. Uh, but he's a fucking man amongst boys, dude. He's a beast. Um, and I think, you know, Jared Judy's going to be great, but maybe not this year as a rookie. So, uh, Corlin Sutton could maybe be a value at this ADP currently, but I'm with you that I'm probably just not going to draft him because I'm unsure. But if Corlin Sutton finished top 10, I wouldn't be surprised at all just on straight up, uh, you know, uh, beastness, if you will. All right, let's go down the list here. Starting at number 26, we'll do the sixth, seventh, and eighth round here, wide receivers at current ADP. Starting at 26, Diggs, Marquise Brown, A.J. Green, Devontae Parker, Julian Edelman, Seventh round, Brandon Cooks, Landry, Michael Gallup. Eighth round, Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, Will Fuller. So let's go from 26 to 37, Lucas. Give me a couple of names each way. Yeah, I mean, Diggs, like I said, I'm going to fade. Um, I want to say A.J. Green, but I, I'm still deciding on the Bengals how I feel about them. So we'll, we'll come back to that one after a while. Edelman, obviously a target. I think Cooks and Gallup are – if you go – I would say if you – I think like most of the time I'm getting them as like my wide receiver four in my, my zero RB sort of teams, you could say. And I think that's huge upside considering the – well, for Gallup, just him being the best receiver on the team and Cooks, the vacated production. And – um, how, how do you phrase this? The not actually being injury prone, but being labeled as injury prone receiver that he is. I think he's a good value there in that round. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I've been vocal about Gallup as well. I'm all about Michael Gallup. Um, and then Tyler Boyd too. Again, you just mentioned AJ Green. I do think AJ Green will be fine. It's just a matter of how long it will be. Um, but I am not necessarily targeting A.J. Green, but if he falls into the seventh, eighth round, I'll take a chance on him as my wide receiver four, because why not? We're almost to dart throw range anyway, so why not take a fucking borderline Hall of Famer as far as production is concerned when he's been healthy? He is 31, which for A.J. Green, because he's been hurt, everyone's like, fuck, he's 31, dude's toast, old as shit, hurt, blah, blah, blah. 
Julio Jones is the same exact age and had worse injury concerns earlier in his career, but he was still young, so he bounced back. So it's like a similar situation, but bad timing for AJ Green. I will still take a chance on him. Devontae Parker, I'm fading. I have been very vocal about Preston Williams and the fact that I personally think that Preston Williams is every bit as good as Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker took six years, or five years, I should say, to do what he did in the last six, eight games when Preston Williams got out. Preston Williams did that much work in eight and a half games. I would much rather have him uh, in the deeper rounds there. And, of course, my boy Deontay, don't call me Thompson Johnson, I think is a great value as well here too because of just what that number two, which he should be, could be for the Steelers if Big Ben is right. Obviously, Will Fuller, Marvin Jones, some of these guys are, are uh, 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 flyers as well. Um, 30 seconds or less, how do you currently feel about Debo Samuel? Um, I mean, I'm not going to take him in round eight because, like, that's not really a value, I, I guess. Like, it is, but, like, it, it, it isn't, I guess. I mean, personally, like, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but, like, I don't see him coming back until, like, playoffs, if anything. Because, like, I mean, I know Shanahan's smart. Um, no, no offense to Debo, but he made it work with a guy that was a rookie as the wide receiver one. He can make it work with anyone. So I don't think they're going to miss Debo per se. They will, but I think they're going to be okay with Adams. I don't think they're going to rush him back. Um, so I think really, uh, I guess what that means is I'm just not going to take him. If like maybe round 11, 12, yeah, sure. But there's but no still, way. I mean, there's no yeah. way. On, on hype name alone, there's no way he's falling that far. Maybe the 10th round if people know what they're doing and they keep falling. But they also drafted Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State, who is basically Debo Samuel all over again. He had the best uh, yak yards after catch in college football last year. And don't forget about Jalen Hurd. My dog, who was actually a running back, now he's a receiver. He got hurt last year, didn't have a chance. He's going to be a fucking animal. Um, 49ers would be just fine without Debo Samuel, I think, and they won't rush him back. I think you're right. I am fading Debo Samuel as well. All right, man, let's do rounds 9, 10, and 11, and then we'll kick out with our last brick here. So kicking off round 9 at number 38 overall, or 38 wide receiver, I should say. Marvin Jones. Then we got CeeDee Lamb. Emmanuel Sanders, Darius Slayton, that's round nine, round 10. Nico Hardman, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jamison Crowder, Christian Kirk, and round 11, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, Anthony Miller, Sterling Shepard, and Sammy Watkins. So let's go from wide receiver 38 down to wide receiver 52. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones to me is a smash. Um, He finished his wide receiver 23 last year. Uh, 20, 20 in points per game, I believe, or something like that. It was, he's a he's a beast when he plays. Um, obviously injury concerns, but in the ninth round, I think that's okay. Um, I I like Hardman in round ten. I think it's worth sort of a calculated risk, you could say. Um, but that being said, he could ultimately be dropped in three weeks off your team, so I don't mind him there. This tier is kind of tough. I don't really like having to pick receivers in this tier. You could say. Um, this is when I'm targeting running backs and quarterbacks and probably my backup tight end, stuff like that. But I think that you shouldn't have to rely on a guy in this slot to be on your team, I guess, is the best advice. Give me your three favorite receivers from this tier, wide receiver 38 to 52. Your three favorite receivers and two receivers that you'll be fading. Um, so I'm going to go J- Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, and I think if I had to pick a rookie, it'd be Henry Ruggs, I would say. Um, two to fade, Slayton on the draft guide. I did a teammate battle article basically saying that um, Slayton had the highest variance between each game split. The same uh, – I, 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 I did the data for the Dolphins, didn't do a write-up yet. The same reason that Parker has the highest variance between game splits, meaning – in a numbers-based way, they're not the best receiver on the team because they can't sustain between different game splits. So I'll probably fade Slayton. And the other one would be Deshaun Jackson or Sammy Watkins because, like, really? Come on, like, come on. Like, I mean, maybe for week one, but that's about it. 
Okay, I'll do the same thing really quick. Marvin Jones is my dog, of course. I actually do. I, I think Slayton's got some good boom potential, but I hear you there. If I'm going to go rookie in this area, I'm actually going to go with Justin Jefferson. I just think there's a ton of work for him in Minnesota. I think he's kind of a sleeper amongst the, uh, the rookies with his opportunity. I like him a lot. And then uh, also uh, fellow rookie Jalen Rager, I think he'll have an opportunity. Maybe not right away, but Deshaun Jackson will get hurt. Alshon Jeffrey's not even ready yet. Um, and I just think that he'll have the opportunity maybe in week two or three, uh, so you can be of value here as well. Uh, a couple to fade. Um, I'm going to fade Emmanuel Sanders. Love the guy as a player. I know he's right behind you on the wall. Much respect to the man. Um, however, I just don't – that for some reason, the number two for Drew Brees has not been who you think he would be. Now, he's going to have some big weeks, but – it's just not going to be consistent. I'd rather take the upside of some of these other guys. And I'm with you uh, as well on um, Sammy Watkins and Deshaun Jackson of maybe a deep round sleeper, best ball for sure, but looking for consistency. I just don't think that they're going to last. So I agree there. All right, man, final tier here, and we'll get out of here. Last grip, let's do rounds 12, 13, and dive into 14 as well to round out the wide receivers 60 in our um, pre-draft uh, 2020 ADP as of middle July. All right, let's kick it off in the 12th round. Wide receiver 53 off the board. Nikhil Harry. Then we have John Brown, Michael Pittman Jr., Preston Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Golden Tate, Rashad Perryman, and Mike Williams. Rounding out rounds 12, 13, and 14. Wide receivers 53 through 60. I mean, the least variance receiver on the Dolphins, Preston Williams, the alpha receiver is sitting right here. And I don't like every time there's an argument going here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, there's no good game split to take, right? There's not because different situations. The only thing you can take from last year is that Devontae Parker was on the waiver wire when Preston Williams was in starting lineups. Not the other way around. Not when Preston Williams got hurt and Devontae Parker was good. Not when Jakeem Grant got hurt. Surprisingly, the game splits with Jakeem Grant, actually a thing. Like, like it's bad with, with, that, with him in there, and he's healthy now. Makes sense, though, obviously. Uh, Albert, Albert Wilson's another name. I know. Like, it's surprising that like, you, would, you wouldn't think of that. Um, so basically take the wide receiver one for a team that's probably going to be losing a lot of games in round 13. Boom. I'm with uh, you, I don't mind Brandon Ayuk because I think his role will be unique enough for a flex spot here and there. He'll be um, Debo, dude. He has to be. And, that, and I don't know that he'll have the production because Debo was a beast, scored a lot of touchdowns. I'm not saying Brandon Ayuk is automatically that as a rookie himself. In the 49ers offense, though, with Debo hurt, Brandon Ayuk was literally drafted to be that guy. Yeah. And now that Debo's out, until he's fully healthy, even if it's four games, Brandon Ayuk is going to have to play the Debo role. He's going to get rushing work. He's going to take slants. He's going to get deep bombs. He's going to get some uh, some uh, red zone looks outside of Kittle, too. So, uh, Brendan Ayuk only became a name to, you know, people who don't follow the NFL draft recently because Debo got hurt. If Debo wasn't hurt, Brendan Ayuk would not be relevant in most fantasy circles. But this is why we do these outlooks. Here's a deep-ass name that nobody's paying attention to if you're not, you know, really looking at – uh, into the stuff the way that we do here, Preston Williams and Brendan Ayuk could be the number ones for their team to start the season, and they're going back-to-back in the 13th round. Stupid. There's another number one here that you're probably going to bring up. There's two guys. Uh, Michael Pittman, who I think is the number one eventually for the Colts as well. And then depending on how you feel about the whole Cam Newton situation, Nikhil Harry, who didn't get a chance as a rookie, is another alpha-style receiver who could break out as well. So a lot of these guys going in the 12th, 13th, 14th round, I totally agree. Anybody else you're targeting in this range? And then give me a name or two that you're fading. Uh, I mean, Mike Williams, we didn't mention. I think he's worth a risk. He'll probably chalk in 1,000 yards, maybe a little less. Maybe the, the air yards catch up to him this year. Um, air yards are – I mean, obviously, people know that I like air yards. Air yards are predictable, but to a certain extent because – the amount of air yards Mike Williams would have has been getting, he would have hit by now. So this is kind of obviously there's more than just what meets the eye um, in general. So I don't mind a uh, a shot on him. You could say. I totally agree. And again, just a couple of years ago, he had double digit touchdowns last year, you know, had another nice season, but he only caught a few touchdowns. So that's like the variance of these big play receivers. If they get the touchdowns, they skyrocket in, in, in uh, value and fantasy finish. If they don't, they fall. It is risky. But again, I think it's worth a shot. Tyrod, not so much, but my boy, Jay Herbs, 
Uh, Justin Herbert, when he comes in for the Chargers, I really do think they're going to cut him loose. they got nothing to lose. He's a top six pick. He's going to be fucking slinging it, dude. And I know there's accuracy concerns or whatever. He's a rookie quarterback. This shit happens. But he can run the ball. Justin Herbert can run the ball. Uh, watch the fucking Rose Bowl, dude, where he just carried the Ducks by his legs uh, late in the game versus Wisconsin. It was incredible. And he's got a fucking cannon, which is good for Mike Williams, not so much for Keenan Allen. That's a different comparison for tomorrow. But that will round up the uh, top 60 wide receivers for ADP currently. And uh, Lucas and I just broke the 2020 ADP down now. Previously, we did the 2019 ADP, which then led into our first segment on the episode, the 2019 wide receiver finishes. We hope you've gained value from this podcast, from this episode here on YouTube. If you have, please leave a subscription right here on the YouTube channel. We appreciate you smashing the red button. It really helps us. Um, know who is watching and who is uh, supporting the podcast. So please do that. Also leave a rate and review anywhere you listen to your podcast. You can find them anywhere you listen to your podcast. If you're watching YouTube or you're usually a podcast person, type in the Candlestick Kids or TCK Pod anywhere you listen to podcasts and you can find us there. Also, please follow us on social media. Lucas and I do a lot of work on social media as well that's maybe not mentioned here in the podcast where we look ahead or look back, whatever. You can follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCKpod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. And, of course, please go get yourself a version of the draft guide, tckpod.com. It'll take you two minutes, maybe one minute if you're swift. We just need your email address and your name, and we will get you the package that you would like. Five bucks for the pre-draft package, five bucks for the in-season package, 15 for both of them, and one-on-one help from Lucas and myself and the rest of our team here at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. This has been episode 229, Wide Receiver Draft Strategy. Tomorrow we're coming back with um, some player comparisons for the same teams like we got into a little bit earlier. We're also going to look at some stacks as well that you might find in best ball, EFS, or season-long or dynasty leagues. So tune in tomorrow as well. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. We'll catch you next time. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Wasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.